I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at NFL on Twitter. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And as usual, I'm joined by me old buddy, me old pal. Uh, I better not get too excited. Because um, let's face it, the season could be over at Ryan Peacock NFL. Ryan, talk to me, buddy. I expected a bit more positivity from you. You're normally the positive guy. I know. But uh, yeah, starting off on a negative note, I suppose I've done it for the last two podcasts, so it's uh, your turn. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, look, let's face it. Aaron Rodgers gets injured. We've gone very quickly into Packers today. But yeah, mm. Aaron Rodgers gets injured. Um, we've always said, you know, it doesn't matter who else is on the roster because with Aaron Rodgers out, this team is going to be a very different team. Yeah. Um, and I suppose what we saw last night was a was a Brett Hundley that wasn't ready to play. Um now, with another week, he goes up against the Saints next week, whose defence isn't, well, I don't know because I haven't seen the stats, but I don't think it's one of the top defences in the league. No. Um, so maybe he has a chance to do something there. He then has a bye week. So I would be expecting, really, Hundley to be, by the time we've had that bye week in, Hundley's then got no excuses and, and we'll have to take this team forward. Yeah, and I know we've jumped into the Packers straight away, but I think, you know, of the podcast is doing well people really like it and we do we're known to get a bit of waffle action going at the start but i think you know under some podcasts we see a trend where it gets a load of listens on the first day and then it just steadily builds pace this is on course probably to be one of the most listened to because of what's just went on and um with with hurricane ophelia ripping the Elmi garden over here and um you know it's a pretty serious thing and this happening with the packers yeah, it's going to be all business probably on this podcast. So, Ryan, I suppose really what we should do is is let's try start off in the positive. And that positive was the meetup in Manchester. I couldn't go with having uh, Babog number two. It was very, very close. And it was it was funny, right? Because me and Joan had that, we have to have that family conversation now. Because you know, you know when it's just the two years and you're like, will we go to the cinema today? You know, what what takeaway are we going to eat? And then life gets really serious really fast. That's kind of the way it is now with with the baby Baba and the maxi Baba, which is, you know, 18, 18, 19 months. So we're like, I don't know if I can manage to go over. And luckily enough, because the flights, Ophelia's hit Ireland. Um, people are literally dying in the country. It's It's scary. Absolutely frightening out there. And my flight would have been cancelled on the way back. So that would have been pretty grim. So didn't go in the end. But you went over and there was, I believe there's over 100 of us in there. Am I right? Was the number tally that on the night? There was uh, 100 odd people that went, yes. Um, and it was absolutely packed out. I think I saw maybe one Bengals jersey, a 49ers jersey and a Giants jersey. So pretty much everybody else that was there was a Packers fan. Mm. We got obviously the usual hardcore crew that we see at every meet. And obviously we love those guys because they come with us everywhere we go. And and thank you to those. But we also saw a lot of new faces and people that we hadn't met before. And believe it or not, we even had some fans there that hadn't heard of us. So what? we need to work even harder. But um, they're now following us and, uh, and they're part of it. But it was great to meet so many different people, all different ages, all different backgrounds. You know, some people that have only been watching it a year. I was sat next to a guy that's only been watching it a year. We were having a great conversation about the game. Um, and, of course, there's people there that have been watching it right back since the sort of 70s, 80s. Um, and so, so it was a real good mix of people. And I think the, the venue was fantastic, uh, Pioneer in Manchester. 
Um, and it was a real nice area of Manchester as well, so there was lots to do around the area. Mm. Um, it was a really, really good night. And I think I think it's probably somewhere we would return to. Yeah, good. It was good value. I think the early bird tickets were a fiver, um, a tenner then was what they went up to after a while. So we did encourage people at the time to get your ticket nice and early. And I think you alluded to, the, to it on the last podcast, right, that, you know, if anybody's waiting to see if people are going to go, we'd, I think it was 65, 70 booked up at that stage. So over 100 on the night was brilliant. Uh, new fans is brilliant. And I think that's the main thing about our meetups, right? And this is exactly why we do this and not to sound holier than thou and all the rest, but I mean, the group is about getting Packer fans together and um, getting people of different experiences together, different ages together, you know, male, female, um, just getting them all in the same room, having a chat. No one's being condescending. You know, you'll get the odd hipster fan. There's nothing we can do about it. But certainly myself and yourself, you know, we can ask someone how long have you been looking at the game, watching the game, enjoying the game. And, you know, we hear the same sort of stuff. You know, you'll hear people who only are into it the last year, two years. And then, we, of course, we have the crooks. Um you know who've been into it they've been watching it since bart star you know and no one lords it over anybody else so um good atmosphere anyway uh, on the day and we did a live 1990 in raz as well was that good fun the the raz was great fun uh we had some really good uh prizes we had the doug evans signed jersey yeah um we had a marv fleming and a earl dotson signed photographs hmm. we had a year's subscription to gridiron magazine um, thrown it, thrown in by the guys from Gridiron, and we also had a Packers iPhone case. So we had five prizes on that. Pretty decent. And come here to me, uh, name drop a few people there because you you met a lot of people on the night. And not that we want to leave anybody out because uh, poor old Paul Goldsack, uh, the poor chap, uh, was left out. But throw some names at me there. Who who were who was there on the night? Well, that's a bit. That's come on. That's a bit unfair now because anybody I don't mention, I'm going to be the bad guy. But. Um, I want to give a particular shout out to a guy that I think uh, I think his flight did get cancelled going back to Ireland actually, and uh, I haven't heard from him since he said the flight was cancelled. Um, but I hope he's all right, and he's either having another night in Manchester right now, or he decided to swim back. I'm not sure, but Sean McGrinder was a guy I met for the first time out there, and he's obviously always been a guy that's quite vocal on uh, on the different platforms and so on that we we're on. Um, but he was a really top guy. Um, Lee Johnson. You know, Lee Johnson was another guy that I thought, yeah, he was a top lad, um, turned up, um, said the podcast was very good. So, mm-hmm. you know, a bit of positive feedback. Happy days. He also, yeah. So there was, there was a lot of people turned out. A lot of people, um, obviously Jenny uh, and Dave were there with their friend Lily, who we met, what, three, three years ago now? Yeah. Um, like I said, lots of new fans come, the usual faces, the Steve Hales, the Dave Franklins, the Charlottes, the... The uh, the Jills, Sarah, Gabby, um, George, all the guys that come out to Lambo, they, they were they were all there, mm. and uh, Martina made the trip up as well. Lovely, uh, so, brilliant uh, photographer. Yeah. Yes, yes, Zebra is her name on Twitter and Instagram, so be sure to give her a follow. She was taking plenty yeah. of photos as well, so I think if you do follow her and you're at the party, you'll probably find some pictures. Nice. Um, yeah, great stuff. So I, I think what we we'll do is, and again, not to leave anybody else out, but it's it's nice technology because that's what we like, don't we? Because we, if you comment at us and you know you, you get involved, we do know who you are. We do know what you look like. We know where you live. So it's it's nice to um, to see you there in person. That's great because we love the opinions, even if we don't agree with all of them. Uh, that's what makes it interesting. So I tell you what, you recorded some good interviews on the night. So what what we'll do is we'll roll into some of those and get to hear people's opinions. And when we come back, then myself and yourself will have a bit of argy bargy down to see 
how me and you are going to fix this season. Where we because, go next. Yeah, I mean, you know, because we know Mike is there sitting at the, you know, at the table in Lambo right now. I'm sure he's got pad. our names on the list. I mean, I'm warming my yeah. arm up right now, you know. <laughs> I'm getting loose. I'm getting loose. I'm going to throw some spirals all the 10 feet. You went a bit more cocky. I was thinking he was going to listen to the podcast and take her advice, but you're actually looking to suit up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm just putting myself out there. If he, if he wants me, I'm there. Yeah. I think so, the height differential stops me. I don't think they want a quarterback this tall. It doesn't fit with the system. Um, so, look, let's no, roll into You make a great jockey, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I tell you what. How about he signs the two of us? I can just jump on your back and then, you know, any difficult throws and you just, you know, throw it up yeah, to me in your shoulders. Right, love it. It's a plan. Right, uh, here we go. Here's some of the Packers faithful on the night. Uh, the sound quality is going to be a little bit different than the broadcast booth here. Uh, but bear with us. We'll be back after these, after these messages. Okay, so we're here after the... <laughs> Well, the horrible loss to the Vikings, and I've got with me UK Packers member and legend, he has to say, Philip Rudkin, and I want to get his thoughts on the game and how he thinks we progress for the rest of the season. OK, well, it was a, a hard one to swallow. I think losing Aaron as early as we did kind of knocked the, the stuffing out of the room, really. Mm -hmm. uh, everyone was in a big party atmosphere, and then I think the worry is that that might be his season, and if that's the case... This feels hard, and uh, Brett, Brett Hundley come in, he does as good a job as he can do, but against a really good uh, Minnesota front with a patchwork offensive line, that's a hard day for him. He's getting knocked over a lot, things he's not used to. OK, so you, you mentioned Brett Hundley, obviously, this he would have come into this probably not being fully prepared to play. Do you think he's, we've got the Saints next week and the bye week? Do we think after the bye week he could be a completely different quarterback? I think we'll design an offense for him during next week. I think also New Orleans' uh, defense is a completely different proposition to that, that Minnesota defense, which is really, really good. Um, we are going to have to be on it next week against the Saints because he's going to have to basically go into a shooting match with, Brett, uh, with Drew Brees. And, uh, and that's going to be a hard act. Okay, so do we think, uh, just, just one word answer will do here, do we still make the playoffs this year? Yes. That's the answer I wanted to hear. Thanks very much, Phil Rudkin. Cheers. Thanks for talking to us. Thanks, bud. So I've managed to find member number 003, kind of a big deal, Matt Tisdale. Uh, he is one of the leading runners of the UK Packers members. Um, I'm trying to find some positive words from him now after the game just give me a summary tonight of how you feel just gutted mate absolutely gutted soon as rogers went down i called it because i've broke my collarbone before and i said to everybody around me that is a collarbone i knew it I, as soon as he went down the way he was holding his arm i just i've done it i've done it myself in football so i knew minimum six to eight weeks Okay, so when I said to you, when I said to you then, give us some positive words. Have you got anything you can give give Pac Nation a little bit of positivity? Did you think there was anything you saw in Brett Hundley's game, in the Packers game? Do you think that after the Saints and then maybe the bye week things can pick up? Not really. I've got to be honest. I, Hundley is not a serviceable second string quarterback. And I've said it to Ryan, I've said it to everybody tonight, I think we need to go out and sign Kaepernick. OK, so again, after the game here, uh, just run into one of the biggest Packers fans we know is Steve Hoare from Cover 2 TV. Um, I just want to get your thoughts on, re really, just give us your su summary of that game. 
it's the worst possible game that could have happened for Green Bay. It, not only do you lose to a divisional rival, but obviously the main talking points. Rodgers goes down, it could be for the season, you lose three offensive linemen. It, it, I mean, things couldn't really get much worse, could they, Ryan, to be honest? And if it wasn't for us all having a few beers and having a laugh in there, it could, it could have been a lot worse if it was on my, on my own at home. But, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much as bad as it can get, really. Oh, she certainly got the feeling watching the Vikings had Aaron Rodgers stayed in the game that it had been a, it had been a victory for the Green Bay Packers. Now I guess what we've got to do is look forward into the season. We got the Saints next week, then the bye week. Can after the bye week Brett Hundley lead this team to the playoffs? It's a massive ask. It's it's really really big ask, isn't it? But what I would say is that the division there's no clear strong team. You know Minnesota are playing their backup quarterback. The Lions have have just as we speak have got 50 odd points against them. The Bears are the Bears. So there's very much. I mean nine wins might win the division. Ten wins. So who knows? What I would hope is that they're going to have to change the playbook now. Obviously it, it goes without saying. Brett Unley's skill set is just completely different. He's he's good on the run. He, that, he's, you might see plenty of bootlegs that kind of thing, but it isn't just him that's the problem, right? It's the offensive line as well. So for a backup quarterback to be playing with, you know, the, the was it sixth, seventh, and eighth string guys almost, it's going to be really tough. But listen, that them's the breaks. This that's football, isn't it? You can't give up. You've you've got to carry on going. And, and like I say, they are four and two. So if they can muster five wins from somewhere, then who knows? But it's it's going to be a real test of Mike McCarthy's um, coaching, I think. Yeah. He, you know, he's an offensive guru. That's what he's there for. He needs to go down, get back to the drawing board, and and find the playbook to suit a, a completely different style of quarterback. Uh, diverse opinion, uh, Brian. Some people with you know hopes on the night. Some people thinking the season isn't over. So we put out a Packer poll to ask: Is the season over? With three options: one, yes, we're doomed; two, no, Brett's got this; and three was other and comment below but before we get to all of our um, people on twitter and all the rest ryan is our season over the, well the simple answer is and the, and the literal answer is no whilst there's still games left to be won then anybody can win those games on any given sunday so or thursday night or monday night but what i'm trying to say is whilst there's games there to be won we have a shot now is brett hundley aaron Rodgers? no but can I, I mean, see, I find it difficult. The, the team believe in Brett Hundley, obviously, because they drafted him, first of all. Mm. Um, I think they even traded up to get him, if I remember. Um, and they've now nurtured him for three years, I think, and he sat behind Aaron Rodgers learning. Um, you know, and he's looked nice in pre-season. But as has always been said, and I think I talked about it before, we've talked about where's his trade potential. Is a problem is nobody's really seen a, a full body of real work yet. Well, now he's got that chance. So he will either... Obviously, he didn't do it last night, but over the next few games, he'll have that chance to essentially do a bit of a Matt Flynn and go and earn a contract somewhere um, in another team. But can he get us to the playoffs, I think, is the question. Because if we can get there, then... There's maybe a shot Aaron Rodgers can come back. I don't know if that's going to happen, um, and and I don't know. I don't know what the other options are apart from going out there and signing a, uh, a sort of a veteran free agent. <laughs> now, you were winding me up earlier. I'm alluding to yeah, it. Allude to it, but let, let's park it there for a second because my blood's boiling sometimes with the stuff that I see on Twitter but I'll get to that later I think what people are missing in this Ryan and 
it's it's not something that I've seen being commented on social media is that when people are talking about is their season over, you know, can we do it, can we not do it? It seems to be very single-minded. Everyone's just talking about Brett Hundley. I mean, there's an awful lot more to get into the playoffs, to win into the division than your quarterback. Like, Aaron Rodgers was there all last season and, you know, we struggled, we had to run the table and then we eventually we did it. The thing that's really going to bring this home to roost is, you know, what could the defense do? How healthy can the O-line be? You know, and, and that's where we're seeing the problems now. So I, I feel bad for Brett Hundley in a way because A, he's been thrown into the mix. Now, from listening to his interview, he was asked, you know, is it a conflict of interest in a way? Because he's called Aaron his brother and they asked him what did he say to him on the cart when Brett Hundley went over to him and he said, look, yeah, I love you, man. I got this. So he's chomping at it. This is exactly what he wants to do because, yes, preseason's great and all, but you need to do it in the regular season. But the thing is, I mean, you sink or swim. So he's excited to get out there and he, he talks about wanting to have fun and, you know, to dispel the nerves. He didn't really talk an awful lot about nerves in the interview. It's all about just having fun and playing his type of game. Like, I see the confidence in him. I think he thinks that he can do it. I think he's bolstered by the faith that Green Bay have had in him to keep him around for so long. He's been the preseason MVP pretty much two out of his three seasons um, that he's been there for what that's worth. But it's really is, you know, if he's running for his life the whole time, he's going to have to make decisions quick. Um, the O-line is going to need to be great because he's basically a rookie and teams are going to recognize that. Because what I don't subscribe to and what I do think is a bit of BS is that I think him or Mike McCarthy were asked, did they see, you know, did the Vikings give them exactly what they thought they were going to give them? And I think it was Brett Hundley actually came out and said, yes, that, you know, they didn't do anything different that we didn't expect. And I'd sort of call a bit of BS on that. Brett Hundley's out there. He's going to be a deer in headlights. Of course, they're going to get at him. You know, they're going to blitz more. Yeah. They're going to push the, the hard decisions. So I don't think get that they would have done. Him, yeah. Exactly like, you know, and and that's why I don't, I don't subscribe to his view of like, oh, I was out there and it was just a tough day because the offense was more centered around Aaron Rodgers. Here's, there's a number of problems. One is the O-line. Uh, two is the defense. Can they do it? We've seen they're after putting Rollins on IOR and keeping A-Rod off it. And we'll talk about that again in a second as well. There's so much to get through tonight. Um, but I think the the real reason and the real issue here is, is can they replace a superstar quarterback like Aaron Rodgers? Because, you know, he's at the line of scrimmage. He's calling audibles. He sees instinctively and he knows from experience what the defense are doing and he changes the plays, mixes stuff up. Um, you know, like that two, for instance, if a game comes down to the line and we have that two minute drill or in Aaron Rodgers case, one minute and 13 seconds, Aaron Rodgers pretty much, as he said himself, led that drive completely and he went mm-hmm. and just got the win. So that wasn't Mike McCarthy. That was all Aaron Rodgers. The problem is, and I've said it before, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the game, but there's a problem with that. There's a problem because... Of all time. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you're... Your offense is designed around a guy who can do stuff that nobody else can do. So if you take him out of the the equation, it's not the same as another quarterback going out like Kirk Cousins and all the rest. No no offense to Kirk Cousins, you know, but you have this guy who's coming in and he's a complete game changer. He can do stuff nobody else can do. And if you rely Mm. on that, because look, uh, I'll I'll finish here. I know you're you're dying to get in because probably have a billion things to say. But I said it last year, this whole run the table thing, and that when we weren't doing too fresh and Aaron Rodgers looked rusty out of the gate. And I said it was bad to rely on a quarterback with bad habits. And Aaron Rodgers is brilliant but has bad habits. And the bad habits are is that he can change the play 
and it might seem counterintuitive that it's a bad habit, but he can change the play and we rely on him to extend the play to find something where it might not ordinarily be. We wait for him to catch 12 men on the field to get that free play. You know, the Hail Mary with the accuracy of a, of a normal, like, you know, second and third or second and three play. You know, it's just ridiculous. Look, do we rely on him to do superhuman stuff too much? And can you actually ever replace that? And I think that's the quandary we're finding ourselves in. Um, I don't know. I don't know, to be honest. In terms of relying on somebody to do something superhuman, I think everybody relies on their quarterback to do that because it's required at times. Now, Aaron Rodgers certainly makes it look easy, but I think last night, when Brett Hundley came into the game, you saw the Packers try to do things that made him more comfortable with what was going on around him. Okay, so they started putting in a lot of screenplays. Mm. Screenplays where essentially he'll come out of the shotgun or whatever, allow allow the pass rush to come to him and then flip the ball out. Three, four times, just completely missed his target. Now, if you can't throw a screenplay, a screenplay to whether that's going to be to your running back or your receiver, you're only going to be a sort of 10-yard pass, five to 10-yard pass on that, and he couldn't hit those. So that worried me a little bit. You kind of look at Brett Hundley and you think this is a quarterback that can scramble and we've seen him do that in preseason. He didn't seem able to do it. Now, whether that's because our O-line was porous to say the least, I don't know. But there was a lot they're going to have to polish up and I don't think last night we asked him to do anything he wasn't capable of doing. I just wonder if he was... I mean, he, he was obviously not mentally ready because there was no way he could have foreseen him getting into that game. Mm. But I guess you sort of go where well, you're a professional footballer and you have to be prepared and ready to go in at any given moment. But he just didn't seem like he was ready. And then with the other problems the team has, we couldn't get a run game going. Um, Martellus seemed to be suffering the drops again. You know, there was a lot of things going on. And I think with all that happening, Brett Hundley probably never really had a chance to win that game last night. And so therefore, all these rumours start up about, you know, who can we bring in? Who can we replace? Hundley could be ready. He could be the guy to set his team forward and he could get us wins. But I think we're going to need to see another couple of weeks of in practice and get the whole sort of playbook set up, get get everything ready for the way in which Brett Hundley can win a football game. Yeah. Uh, and maybe we just didn't have all that in place last night because obviously nobody planned for Aaron Rodgers to get hurt. So that kind of takes me on to my next point really with should we be looking at a veteran QB? Now, I know we're not going to look at a, co- a veteran QB because Coach McCarthy's come out and said, you know, he's not going to do it. Brett Hundley is my quarterback and Joe Callahan will be the team's backup. He said that. But I don't know, I want to discuss with you, should we be thinking about a particular number seven that's a free agent? No. I'm not going to say his name because I know it makes you go crazy. Um, or my my particular favourite, the guy that can predict the future, Tony Romo. <laughs> Yeah, the seance, that's what we need. Um, That's the only help we can get. Look, this really annoys me. Like, to a point of insanity, I just want to pick up my... Do you know what? It's the same people who suggested that Tim Tebow could not play quarterback, who which they were right, um, but that he shouldn't play quarterback. play quarter- tight end. Yeah, and play tight end. And that he could just flick positions in the pro game. You know, and you're thinking... Terrell Pryor did it. What? Terrell Pryor did it. Did he? He was a quarterback at the Raiders. Didn't really work out. Now he's a receiver. Yeah, but that's... So, come, 
that's more that, along that line. I think that's more along if because we've we've seen that, haven't we? We've seen the smaller little dudes who are like, oh, he was a quarterback in high school. You're thinking, well, he must have went to the high school for hobbits, you know, because there's no way he could have been a quarterback. Oh, the old lineman must have been, you know, first graders or whatever that means in the states. But come here to be this Kaepernick talk uh, annoys me no end, and I think it needs to be addressed. And I've addressed it before till I'm blue in the face, and it still keeps coming up all the time. And it's still an- and I don't listen. Yeah, right. And it still annoys me <laughs> to the nth degree. Colin Kaepernick is not a good quarterback, and people keep thinking that he's a good quarterback. He's not a good quarterback. And the problem is, is that people look at this through snowflake goggles, right? They look at it through uh, millennial goggles, where he's making a stand for something. They hated him. He makes a stand for something no one cares. Donald Trump says something, everybody rallies behind the movement, and then all of a sudden he comes out looking like Mother Theresa, right? Now, I want to forget about the politics for a second, although I do think it's important, is that if you're going to make a stand in your job, that's fine. You can do that. You're well within your rights. Um, me, personally, what do I think of it? I think they, you have a right to make a stand for that. I think the cultural system, the way it's set up in America, um, is uh, warped. And I think that if you're going to highlight a cause... Uh, for your job well then yeah work away do it whatever you want to do but the thing is is that if i went to work in the morning ryan and i decided that i wanted to make a stand for whatever and i disrupted the workplace you might get blowback for that whether people agree with it or don't agree with it and that's exactly what's happened so like long story short about the whole deal is is that you are drawing negative attention to yourself you don't have to do it the fact that you're doing it might be righteous and it might be great, but if you're doing it, it's going to create negative attention. And if you're going to try say, hey, that's not fair, I'm standing up for rights and you're you know, discriminating against me, you're kind of thinking, well, it comes part and parcel, right? If you become a famous uh, sports person, and we see it all the time, don't we? Like famous sports people, they get pissed off that, um, they, you know, people want their time and want to come up and take autographs and pictures. And you're thinking, these have always been together, you know, since back in Joe Namath days, these have always been together. If you want to become a pro athlete and a famous athlete put up with the fact that people are going to approach you when you're out to dinner with your kids you might not want them to be there but that's part and parcel of the job you know sure you can't be a fireman and expect that all you want to do is sexy calendars and have a nice outfit but you don't want to have to fight fires they come hand in hand right now colin kaepernick um and i know i've i spent the time talking about all of that lark before getting into it colin kaepernick's not a good quarterback and on top of that even if he was a good quarterback he's a mobile quarterback can we say right and he doesn't fit yeah. every single system. Mobile quarterbacks, no. um, what you want from your quarterback is, is fundamentally you want him to be a pocket passer. You want him to be accurate because if he's not accurate, it doesn't matter what he does because you have a glorified running back behind there if all you're going to do is expect him to run around a bit. We've seen mobile quarterbacks drop out of the game if they're not accurate in passing. Um, now, people might say Cam Newton, but he's super accurate. He nearly had a perfect quarterback score last week. That'll go to show you that this guy can make all the passes, but he's also mobile. Russell Wilson, um, not the best thrower of the ball, but uh, very intuitive behind the O-line. He can do a bit of scrambling as well, but he can put the ball in the money when he needs to. And arguably, he has some subpar wide receivers and has had since he got to Seattle. Um, so mobile, but is a pocket passer. Colin Kaepernick, if you were to just take him to say that he's more of a runner than anything else, then you'll say that he doesn't fit every system. Right? So if we look at Green Bay... He's like Green Bay is not set up to have that. Green Bay is the opposite. It's not set up to have a run game. We don't have one. We don't rely on it. We, our O-line can't break open the lanes. We've had, as you said, you say that right, Adrian Peterson. And if you had all the boys behind there, could they get purchased? Probably not because our O-line's not set up to do it. We're a pass-first offense. So does Kaepernick fit into a pass-first offense? No. Well, well, what about this? What about if he could single-handedly get our run game going because you start bringing the read option and you start doing all these 
things that they used to do at Semfran that absolutely destroyed us. Remember yeah. when we played them that time? I know. I'm glad you. And what if he can? What if he can make all that start happening? And his passing's not that bad. It's terrible. It's awful. And I'm, it's not that I'll, bad. I'll, awful. I'll prove it to you. Number one, we had a gift that we used to always put out was where Vernon Davis was wide open against us, and he just muffed the ball into the ground, and that was quite common for him. Um, I, when he <laughs> was under Harbaugh, he came in, um, with the. Niners and Alex Smith had pretty much put them in the playoffs this guy comes in takes over nearly takes him to the Super Bowl he was an unknown entity the NFL caught up with him and let me tell you about this uh, read option stuff number one Packer fans want him because they see they only see what Kaepernick has done against us they do not see all of the other games that the Niners have played not unless they're secret Niners fans so anybody who says Colin Kaepernick's a great quarterback uh, what was his passer rating you know how many yards did he get uh, what was one of his highlight plays that he did when he wasn't with against the Packers? Can you name any of those? You know, and that's the problem with all Packer fans. I'm not saying that to you directly. I'm saying that to all Packer fans here. Is that we look at how he trounced us for years and we eventually got our own back on him. Let me approach the, the read option thing. He came out after and said that those read option plays were not read option. They were designed runs. He was not reading the defense. He was doing exactly as he was told to do by Harbaugh. He was pretending to hand off the ball and then running with it anyway. There were play-action passes, they weren't read option. And so he was not able to read anything. He was literally just pulling the ball back as he was told to do and running with it. Okay. Okay, I get all this, right? And and to be fair, I didn't I didn't ever expect to bring this subject up and change your mind. I think you're pretty set on your stance on this one. What I'm trying to say is, does Colin Kaepernick, with the experience he's got, and okay, yes, there'll be deficiencies and weaknesses in his game, but do we have a better chance of winning and making the playoffs with him as opposed to Brett Hundley. No, and I'll tell you why. Uh, with the Niners, when they switch coaching staff, uh, number one, Colin Kaepernick is injury prone, so he got injured a ton. And he was there competing for the starting job with Blaine Gabbard. And this will prove why he's completely and utterly 100% uh, horse manure uh, as an option, right? <laughs> is that... Don't hold back. Yeah, so he... Was in there with Gabbard. Gabbard is arguably one of the worst quarterbacks that the NFL has ever seen. Uh, excellent in college, but saw ghosts behind the Jaguars line. He couldn't even get the Jaguars starting job, right? That we see Blake Bortles in now, and he's tanking also. Terrible. So he's in with the Niners, with Blake Gabbard and Colin Kaepernick are both on the roster. Kaepernick loses the job to Blaine Gabbard, right? The two of them had passer ratings uh, in, in the dumpsters. And the reason they said that he did not win that job is, A, um, he was injured. Uh, and injury prone and number two was that Gabbard caught on to the playbook quicker than Colin Kaepernick did so if you're bringing a quarterback like Kaepernick into our system against Brett Hundley who's been in the system for a number of years who Aaron Rodgers is known to have mentored they love each other they're, they're you know Aaron Rodgers didn't do what Brett Favre did to him because I think he doesn't see him as a threat that way so he's mentoring him so you have a mentored quarterback by Aaron Rodgers in a system he's been in for years versus a quarterback who can't pass the ball, can't do the read option, uh, he do only does designed runs, trying to come into an offense that isn't designed for the run, and can't learn the playbook quickly. On top of that, if you look at uh, Colin Kaepernick's attitude, he's come out now looking like Martin Luther King. You know, he's looking like everyone's taking their moral compass from Colin Kaepernick, when really, if you look at his interviews that he gave to the media when he was with the Niners, he was seen as a bit of a dick. He was coming out being moody, being snarky. You didn't know what mood you were going to get him in. But let me end it here with these stats to prove to you that I'm not talking out my arse, right? 
People always say, oh, well, what better uh, quarterbacks were out there as undrafted free agents? The answer, 10. There was 10 better undrafted free agents this year than Colin Kaepernick in stat-wise. I'll name someone for you. Let me know if these are world beaters. Matt Schaub, Sean Hill, Geno Smith, Chase Daniel, Mike Glennon, Matt Barkley, Brian Hoyer, um, Nick Foles is on there. All of these quarterbacks had higher quarterback ratings and higher ratings. What about Brandon Whedon? Is he on that list? Uh, Brandon Whedon is... Don't see him on the list. Uh, um, and he just got signed, so he's not better than Kaepernick. Yeah, but the thing and is... the thing is as well, out of all the names, and I get where you're going with it, out of all the names on there, there's probably only two names on there that I would probably sign in front of Kevin Ka- uh, Kevin Kaepernick. Um, Colin Kaepernick. Mm. I still think... I mean, he, what's it now? I think he's, he's sealed his own fate, hasn't he now? Because I think now he has gone as far as to try and sue the NFL. That probably ends it. He's probably never going to get signed now. Yeah. But I just still think he gives a lot of teams a better a better option than what they currently have. And I think he could help us out. I don't think he can because of all of those reasons. I really don't. And the thing is, okay. his rating, right, was um, 61.9. And mm-hmm. let me look at the NFL currently to f- put the final nail in the coffin for this thing. If we look at that rating of 61.9, out of the 32 active quarterbacks... Where do you think he ranks with that score? Like, is he middle of the pack? Do you think he's top 10? Do you think he's bottom 10? Where do you think he ranks I'm with 61.9? Go, I'm going to go 30. He would be the 33rd best quarterback behind <laughs> Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler has a rating of 66.6. And he has been god-awful. Kaepernick had 61.9. Kaepernick, if he was in the NFL today would be classed by grade as the worst quarterback in the NFL. Now, if there's anything that tells you, you know, what we should be doing here, all of those reasons that I've mentioned and the fact that he would be graded simply as the worst quarterback in the NFL, behind Jay Cutler, behind Deshaun Watson, behind Trevor Simeon, Brian Hoyer, Joe Flacco. So while we're talking about ratings then, uh, what if I could give you a quarterback that had in... 2016, a quarterback rating rating of 134.4. Mm. Would you take that quarterback on? I wouldn't take him on rating alone because if he's... No. Are we talking Roma? We are. He played one game, completed three or four <laughs> oh, passes yeah. for 29 <laughs> yards and a touchdown and yeah. got, a, got a rating of 134.4. And then a high. So but, you'd, you'd, you'd employ him based on his rating. Well, on his rating, you would, but you see, you have to add in all that other stuff, like I did with Kaepernick. I see where you're going, but yes. the thing is, so I'm adding in all that other stuff with Kaepernick. That, 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 I'm, I'm being, I'm being facetious, but yeah. Uh, and but the thing is, Tony Romo, uh, all he'd have to do is literally, <laughs> you know, do that whole Game of Thrones thing where it's behind the O line, his eyes would go white, and he'd be able to predict what people are going to do. Excellent quarterback, but that doesn't stop the fact that if if you leak the O line like we do, you're running for your life like we are. Yeah. Uh, that his back would get done. He'll anyway. be in the back of the ambulance pretty soon. Yeah. I think Andy Davies, uh, draft guru, um, put it perfectly. He said, "Get him in as your defensive coordinator." Yes, quarterback. No. <laughs> <laughs> Good show. And uh, yeah, my brother last night suggested that Jay Cutler would be the one that we should sign, as he constantly threw it to Packers anyway, <laughs> which. Um, I did quite like. Yeah, so. so yeah, so you're saying no to Colin, you're saying no to Tony. Yeah. Um, so we're sticking with Brett. Yeah, stick with Brett Hundley. He gives you the best option. And as well as that, like you're talking about a quarterback here. And again, to address some of the issues that we had before, I got really, really angry over the mention of Colin Kaepernick, you know, like he was my <laughs> kryptonite. Um, is the fact that 
Brett Hundley has not been taking any first team reps. Not one, not five, none. Absolutely zip zero. Yep, agreed with that. And so he can come mm-hmm. into an offense and, and try run it if he hasn't been taking first team reps. We saw it in the preseason that Brett Hundley, and we said this on the pod, the preseason podcast, Brett Hundley tended to do really well um, with the kind of second, third string wide receivers. Um, and Aaron Rodgers came in and did well, obviously, with the first stringers. And that's because obviously they pull the first string wide receivers in the preseason anyway but it goes to show that that's who he's been playing with more so he has to get his chemistry together with some of the first stringers as well and i think mike mccarty will have to make brett hundley a system quarterback he'll have to give him the easy stuff and you know set him off like you says on the, on the likes of the screens and all the rest and he'll have to be on the same page with wide receivers this is going to come down to game plan and at least we have a quarterback who is auditioning for a job on another team so he has not only an interest to play for the Packers which is the PC answer and that's what he will say that he's going to do but Ryan he's playing for a job on a different team and if he tanks now it doesn't matter what he's done in the preseason up till now it doesn't mean anything because he needs to do it now yeah absolutely and, and like I said I, I know I have brought up those two guys and, and much of that whilst I think there would be something in Tony Romo but however I don't think he leaves what he's doing at the minute because he's nailing it um, you know Part of it was just to wind you up. Um, I think Brett Hundley can he can get Ws. He wasn't ready last night, as we've said. Let's see what happens going forward. Um, he he's going to have to do it now. If he, if he ever he wanted to prove a point, I'm sure there was comments made by him in preseason that you know he sees himself leading this offense on the Packers. Something something along those lines, you know. And we discussed. We said, you know, if Aaron Rodgers is fit, that's not happening. But it's the right mindset to have. Yeah. Well, now we need to see that mindset. We need to see it come to the forefront and put it into practice. Yeah, he's the right attitude. Uh, he's a confident guy. He does take control in the huddle. And the thing is, is that the, I don't know whether it was said to him or not. We can only speculate. We can only speculate on all of this stuff. But I don't know if it was said to him because you did mention it, Ryan. He's excellent with his feet. He's a good scrambler. And maybe it was said to him last night, uh, just play within the pocket. You don't Nothing too crazy. Because if he was to run out and get injured... <laughs> Who would we have put in there? You know, because Joe Callahan's only been activated now. So who we would have played for the remainder of the game? And one thing... Did they say before it was Randall Cobb? Yeah. Was I, it? That's their, their emergency quarterback? Yeah, I thought I heard that, that he was out. Because uh, I thought when I first read the news, oh, Randall Cobb was out practicing with Brett Hundley. I was thinking, oh, you know, he's trying to get that chemistry going. I was thinking, no, he, he'd be in as the quarterback. Um, Which would be great. I mean, the height differential gives me, you know purpose and reason to think that i could you know still do it at this age and height but um i think as well as that ryan if you look at the score of that actual game folks on the game in particular uh the vikings defense is pretty stout they don't give up a whole lot on the run that that forces the pass brett hundley led a touchdown drive um we got the field goal we scored 10 points it was 14 10 and in the second half albeit we didn't score and we gave away some ridiculous interceptions um and we did get some as well but they only scored three field goals so that's how they sort of put the daylight between us but uh, had we held them to that maybe you know and had we maybe put together some sort of a drive because it got intercepted at the very end i know the game was all as well as as good as done then at that stage but right we weren't that far behind the vikes so when you look at the nfc north do you see an obvious winner of this division not anymore no so i still think that any of green bay Minnesota, Detroit can win the division and it's a hell of a lot closer now. I think we're not we're not the favourites anymore. No. Having lost Aaron Rodgers, but we're still gonna be able to get in there and do something. Like I said, 
I'm confident that the, when next time we see Brett Hundley, it's he's going to look a completely different player. Um, you mentioned the interceptions; they're obviously drive killers, game killers, momentum killers, whatever you want to call them. But they, you know, not good. And we kept getting down there, making our way down, starting to build something, and then something like that would happen. Mm. You know, so I think it was three interceptions and a fumble. I think in the end, wasn't it? You know, we were never going to win a game if if you give up the ball four times like that. So. Um, yeah, it's it's an unfortunate one. I think I would love to sit here and say I'm still confident we can get enough wins to win the division. I don't know now, and I I think if we make the playoffs, I think it will be. It, it's it's not going to be. I don't think the division's strong enough for it to be as a wild card position for coming second. Um, so we have got to somehow find a way to win, and we need to be first. I don't know how that's going to happen at the moment. But let's see what happens against the Saints. We've then got the bye week to do some real work. And after then, I think we'll see a team that works for Brett Hundley and a Brett Hundley that works for the Green Bay Packers. It will get better than what we saw last night. And I think that's the thing to try and remember now. Whilst we're all despairing and, yes, Aaron Rodgers going out is always going to be a horrible thing to deal with. And we've talked about it in the past, you know. But this is not a bad football team. And Brett Hundley will be all the better for the preparation he'll get over the next few weeks. We can still get some wins. I, I'm not going to say that we'll win the division. I'm not going to say we'll get to the playoffs. But you never know. If a couple of things come together, Brett Hundley's certainly been sat there learning for long enough. He should be able to do this. It's not like we're throwing in a Joe Callahan who looks good, but he, you know he's really got no experience whatsoever. Um, you know, the, Brett Hundley has got a lot of learning under his belt, even though he hasn't necessarily got real game minutes. Mm. Yeah, he'd even said that, that the game started to come together for him kind of in the preseason, that it started to slow down. And that's the phrase that we like to hear because that's what quarterbacks say happens. You almost ended his matrix-like state uh, as a quarterback that the defense starts to slow down. It's not so much, you know, throwing under panic. And looking at the division then, I mean, you know, if the be-all and end-all, first off, actually, I think, there's rookie quarterbacks that are forced to play for bad teams. And if you want to go, well, what do you mean? It's like, obviously, if you draft higher, your team was crappier the year before. So you have a rookie quarterback who's coming onto a team that is potentially still as bad and needs to perform. And some of them do. I mean, look at Jared Goff, nightmare last year, but doing really well this year under that scheme that McVay is playing. And we have Mike McCarthy. So, you know, there's no reason why we can't do well. If you look at the rookies who have zero NFL experience, Brett Hundley's been sitting back there learning from the best so he can make a good stab at it. And if you were to hang your hat on quarterback play alone, and we became affiliates of Pro Football Focus, and I'm a big fan. And if you want to pick up a package for yourself, pick up a penguin, go to ukpackers.co.uk and there's a little logo for the PFF thing. Hit that logo mm -hmm. and you can pick up yourself um, a package from there, $40. Um, and it's great value that that's the sort of standard package another one for 200 quid if you want to splash the cash um so hit the website and hit that icon go on and get yourself a package we highly recommend it for the signature stats unbelievable and fantasy stuff as well but according to pro football focus mitch trubisky is the 28 best worst quarterback depending on how you want to see it and matt stafford is down at 29 uh tied with trevor simeon so and we've seen uh sam bradford do really well uh, Case Keenum do really well but we made Case Keenum look like a rookie last night he had his worst game of the season with a grade of 41.6 which is dismal and if you put that on the Kaepernick scale Kaepernick would have been 61.9 last year and he was 
in the 40s so he's two-thirds of a Kaepernick and <laughs> Kaepernick would be the worst if he was in this year so that'll go to show you what our defense did to Case Keenum in the game last night so again he can be made uh, look pretty bad as well the, the Case Keenum that we know and love so Ryan if we hang our hat on quarterbacks alone in this division it still actually is wide open and the fact that we were just kind of the game got away from us with those three field goals really we could have maybe notched up a touchdown perhaps but look let him have first team reps and see what he can do will we head over to the Packer poll and just see what some of the the people on Twitter are saying about you know what they think the season is doing um yeah let's do it because whilst we're going over there as well though let's just quickly mention it's been announced now that Aaron Rodgers will have surgery on his collarbone yeah um and as yeah so Mick and Mike McCarthy's also confirmed that his season yeah I like this I like this quote season could potentially be over mm. That's a lot of coulds and potentialists. So they still don't want to say he's out for the season. So that's why we need to make the playoffs to give us that one chance that he might come back. Yeah, and to, well, that you see, that's the thing. It, yeah, it's the potentially because he's not going to come back if he's going to be playing a, a sort of a junk game, you know, for, yeah. you know what I mean? I, foreign. I should mention as well, sorry, that was reported by Ryan Wood. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, why that's significant as well and why, you know, people are looking, oh, we just haven't started, that's to bring him back faster. It could mean a number of things. One is that the break is pretty bad. So what they need to do is they need to have surgery to try and mend that together because if he does go into just normal... Because you can... Like a collarbone happens to people every day of the week. You could do sort of a... Just a... Like he did last... Uh, what was that? 2013? Where he broke the left collarbone. Uh, so I suppose important things to note is the left collarbone, which was his non-throwing shoulder, which means that he was able to come back and the fracture and the break... Um, well, must have been fairly clean for him to be able to just rehabilitate normally and come back in uh, mm -hmm. back in that season we don't know and we haven't heard the reports but if you're having surgery um, you know there's a few different techniques that they can do I think I read this article maybe it was Rob Domofsky as well um, that you would the break is bad and it's quite jagged so what they do is they what do they call it I can't remember the name is what they call it now um, is that they can shave off a bit of it and uh, plate it or that they can just put it together and put plates in it and that means that it will heal an awful lot quicker because that's the problem with a collarbone right is that you sort of use it for everything that you do and that's why even some mm -hmm. people are saying how much of a badass was Aaron Rodgers last night to be able to pull himself onto that cart because you normally wouldn't be able to really move that arm and you're not advised to because they're only going to aggravate the break and maybe chip some bits of bone off so this could be a good thing that he's having surgery to come back quicker or it could be a bad thing, Ryan, that the break is pretty jagged. So they're going to have to do some pairing about. So, um, But one thing is for sure, if this was to be seen as his contract year, it will, you know, some people, if they get an injury in their contract year, it spells the end for them. This will only accentuate even more just how valuable Aaron Rodgers is to the franchise. So I don't think it's going to do his stock any damage. No, I think I think absolutely agree with you. He's, he's still going to come back and be Aaron Rodgers and he at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, surgery definitely for me. Surgery means season's done. Yeah. I don't. I'm. I am in no way medically trained, but I think if it's bad enough for surgery, it's probably a season. But yeah, shall we see what people are saying on Twitter? Yeah. So we got uh, five hundred and seven votes so far. Uh, there's still a good long uh, nineteen hours left on this thing, but the consensus at forty eight percent, Ryan, is is that we're doomed. Forty three says that they believe in Brett Hundley. Any comments there jumping out to you that you think people have lost ahead or being too negative or being too realistic? <laughs> now that all we want to do is dream. Um, I don't know. I mean, for example. Connor White says, uh, being, being quite positive, we saw a glimpse of what Brett is capable of last night with a few good passes and a few good drives. Give the lad a chance and support him. So I quite like that. 
I'd sure show like the way uh, Phil Crooks um, sums it up. He says, it's too soon for doomed, but it just got an awful, awful lot harder. Um, which I think, yeah, quite a nice way of summing that up, to be quite honest. Um, so Richard Jeb says, to be honest, uh, he worries more about a defense that makes Case Keenum look like MVP material. But we've looked at the stats, uh, Rich, and that actually wasn't the case. He had his worst game, game all season. But I suppose I do know what you mean with the regard that you know, we had some throws, especially to McKinnon, where you're just like, how is he open? How is he making those plays? Um, it's a bit ridiculous. The thing is, the points that they had with Rodgers on the field would have outscored that easily. Yeah. So the points scored against our defence doesn't bother me too much, if I'm honest. Um, because it ha- had Aaron Rodgers played, he would have ripped that apart and we'd have been looking at a... I think I said before it, it would have been a two-score win for the, for the Packers. And, and I think... Had Aaron Rodgers stayed on his on the field and was healthy for the game, that that I would still stand by that. Mm. So yeah, it's hard to know really because maybe they changed the game plan and they didn't look as good because all they were doing was trying to focus on getting after uh, Hundley. Uh, maybe you're right. I mean, maybe this would have been the score. And as well as that, I mean, they had a running touchdown. Would they have had running touchdowns or tried to use their running back as much if? Mm-hmm you know, we'd ran up the score on them and then they wouldn't. They just would have taken the running game out of it all altogether. And if we had made Case Keenum look as poor as we did last night, you yeah. know, well, then it would have been an absolute drubbing, absolutely. Uh, Johnny HP uh, says it as well. Look, it, it's a waste of three years having Brett if he isn't allowed to step up to the plate and prove himself. And that's kind of what we were saying as well. Why keep the guy there? Why yeah. train him up if you don't expect to play him? You know, something. Yeah, that's fair enough. Should we finish on this one then? Zach Rogers says, I would sign Cap on a one-year bonus-based contract. <sighs> Right. You're not going to let me finish on no, that my one, blue are you? going to go through the roof. I think what we'll do is at this point is probably just go back, edit to put in my stuff about Kaepernick, slam on another 20 minutes of me going on a rant. Um, look, I don't think anyone's going to listen to that. So that's the game, Rhino. Um, we have the Saints next week and we'll really see what we have against the Saints then. You know, who's injured, who actually do we have to play. Uh, is Taysom Hill still at the Saints? I don't know, yeah. What do you think? Did he go on their practice squad? Well, I don't know. Because I, I, I kind of think it would like, we're going to need to sign a quarterback from somewhere, whoever it is. We're not going to go into the season with just two quarterbacks because you're going to need somebody to be learning the system in you know the horrible situation that might be that Hundley goes down, Callahan's in, who's his backup? See, we're going to need to sign somebody. <laughs> I think what it'll be is, is they leave Hundley and Callahan, and if Hundley goes down, it's just Wildcat plays with Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson in the backfield for every single play. Just shut down the season. Just shut down the season, yeah. Come back next year. Do that. Yeah. Did you ever have that on Sunday football, a walkover where the other team just wasn't there showing up? I think it happened to my American football team once. I was injured before the game, so I didn't even travel, yeah. but uh, they were getting beaten by so many points, and we had so many injuries by half-time. I think they just said, Do you know what, should we just leave it there? <laughs> And both teams went, yeah, all right. The players on the other team, I think, were probably not happy because they were probably quite happy uh, padding their stat sheet yeah, against yeah. us. But, yeah. Oh, well. I have a feeling that might have been Cornwall. Yeah. Yeah. So you were the team who decided to pack it in? Uh, yeah, I think basically the two coaches had a meeting at half time and they decided the best thing to do and the fair thing to do was shut the game down. <laughs> oh, ridiculous. So, yeah. But uh, let's go from a grim situation to a really nice scene. Uh, we have some fantastic artwork in the shop, uh, don't we? Yeah, awesome. So, look, I don't really know anything about art, mm. but uh, I think it's Art Deco style, is it? Yeah, let's go with it. So art art what, Nouveau, that's... that sounds cool, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Should we throw that one in as yeah, well? Okay. Yeah, so it's that. <laughs> yeah, we're not really selling the premium of the yeah. whole way. 
Georgina won't be uh, thanking us for this massive write-up, but I'm, I'm sorry, we're just... We're, well, I don't know, you might do. I, I certainly don't know anything about art. No. Do you know what? I went to the National Art Gallery in Ireland thinking I was all high and mighty and convoluted and stuff and went in and I'm just looking around and when you get to the abstract stuff, I'm thinking I could have farted on this canvas and did exactly the same design, maybe improved it a little bit and I just don't understand. <laughs> if someone can draw a horse off the top of their head and make it look awesome, then I'm thinking, well, that's talent. I, I appreciate that, but I need a weird, quirky, whatever. Yeah, a bit lame, but um, we must say that Georgina Wesley is her name and she does some fantastic mm-hmm. artwork and her shop is uh, is just filled with, with great stuff. But we have something in our shop, which is the Lambo design. So it's a design of Green Bay. Her artwork focuses on location and she's done one for Green Bay because she's a massive Green Bay fan. So you can pick it up in A4 and A3 size. Just go along to our website, ukpackers.co.uk, get you one of those. We have our hats, beanies. We have the slouch and the bobble hats. There and there, we have our UK Packers jersey. And will we make the big announcement of what has made a comeback, Rhino? Yeah, so by popular demand, we said it was on a limited run, and which was true. Yeah, was it? We intended it to be on a limited run. But we have emails hmm. almost weekly, though. Like uh, two or three emails a week saying, when are you bringing it back? When's it coming back into stock? So we listened to what the people wanted, and we gave the people what they wanted. Membership teaser back, baby. Slightly different design. Very, very small change. Yeah. So the membership number has now moved from the sleeve into the main body of the T-shirt, but it's only a small change. Yeah. Um, but that was that was the way we had to do it too because we've obviously had to use a new um, supplier, which is Noella again, which is the people that make the hats and make the jerseys. Um, yep. So it's a tiny, tiny change, um, but it's essentially the same design. Yeah, because we went with Noola with the jerseys. We were really impressed by the product. And then we opened up more products. We were really impressed by them because the stuff was super premium. And that's why we decided to go with the membership jersey. So um, if you have the first one, that will never be done again. That is actually it for that. Um, So it's a collector's item. And if you look at this next one, this is also, we're trying to focus on our products being evergreen so that they're always there and always available instead of people missing out. Um, because no matter how much time you flog it on social media to try to get orders in before it closes, there's always going to be somebody who misses out. So the products are on the shop and they're open there forever. So there's no mad scramble to get them. Uh, get them when you want. Uh, get them for Crimbo for people's prezies. So any other business right now? Or are we, can we you know, go home and weep? No, I think that's it. Just, just probably really to finish up again, to go back to the positivities and the Manchester meet. That was our biggest ever meetup. Um and it was a really good success. So thanks to the people that helped us organise it at Pioneer uh, and the Gridiron and Gravy. So if you live in the Manchester area, go to their parties because they're, they're very, very good. Uh, and then just thank you to everybody who turned up. Um, everybody that, you know, dr- drunk a copious amount of beer, um, ate plenty of pie and mash. Um, yeah, and just had a, a really great night. And I think lots of people were introduced to new, yeah. new fans um it was just really good fun and it, and it was great again i always enjoy the conversation you have with someone we say uh oh, all right mate so what's your name and they say you know unemployed dave <laughs> and you go all right all right and you think i don't know who that is and then they say right what's your twitter handle and they say you to and you yeah. go oh right that's you so there was a lot of that going on um so trying to put so yeah i was going to say trying to put faces to names but actually it's putting faces to twitter handles so but yeah, it was a really good night and uh, met some yeah. great people. And uh, we've so. heard loads of really, really positive feedback as well about people saying that they've met friends now for life. And that's what we have seen. Like me and you have met buddies uh, for life. We have a, 
a sort of a crew and that just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger every single year it's not this type of thing where you know we have the same bunch of mates we keep banging on about i mean you know it's it's liquid it keeps changing and the next one to go to is the dublin meetup 19th of november it's a game against the ravens um yep. it's flag in phoenix park we're thinking 12 1 p.m we will oh, be yeah, the look, ravens we have to, um you know they nearly dropped the donut in london um against the jags so Come along to the Dublin meetup. It's six quid. You get two points in the best seat in the house in the woolshed. And as we said before, the six quid doesn't cover the cost of the points even we're subsidizing the event just to have numbers so that we can tell the venue to make sure that they lay out the right amount of seats and all the rest. So do come along. Myself will be there. Uh, Rhinos, you're going to try fly over as well on the old hairy plane, aren't you? I will be trying, yes. I'm also moving house probably the same week. <laughs> yeah, so we'll have to see the lay of the land there. But we already have 40 people signed up to that. So it's you know, half the size of what we had for Manchester. So surely we can do better than that. We have a good few Paddy Packers out there. So that's it for the podcast. We'll be back with the Saints preview as usual of a Friday morning, uh, Thursday night, if you're in the States. So from myself, at NFL, from me old buddy, me old pal, at Ryan Peacock NFL, from the group account, at UK Packers. Make sure you follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Hit the website, ukpackers.co.uk. It's goodbye till Friday. Long live the King of the North.